on your mind, got stuff on your plate. Right? You got you got things happening in your life right now that's causing a disturbance or causing alteration or causing different directions, consuming some time. And it, listen, it, it's not that it's not that I'm trying to get you this morning to ignore life. That's not what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to focus on the love of God in your life. Everything else will come about. Everything else will line according to his purpose as long as you stay steadfast. Come on. Listen, don't be mad at me. Get the frowns off your face and smile. If you got the love of God in your heart, you better smile. Even when Jesus is getting upset, you better smile. You can't sit like that all your life. Not good for you. It takes more muscles to frown. You'll be leaving out of here and your face will be hurting. Let's just read some scripture this morning. And let's let God talk to us. Because I am. Uh, and I think half of this is coming from anger. And it's it's not a bad anger, it's a, it's a righteous anger. Because the more and more I'm able to sit in front of people and discuss Christ and discuss the relationship and the joy and the freedom that comes with that, the more and more I'm finding that people are bound by their religion. And the churches are not helping because if you don't go to the first Baptocostal on Main Glory Avenue, then you're not a part of the kingdom. Oh, you go to that church, and I don't believe that. And you go to this church, and well, I don't, I don't believe this. And what happened to to preaching the gospel so that people can feel a sense of hope? That no matter what we're going through, there, there's going to come a time. I'm not saying it's going to be in this life, but there's going to come a time when it's all over. Eventually, each and every one of us will take our last breath. Man, I'm hearing an old gospel hymn. What's it? <laughs> Won't it be glorious day? Did I just, is that a gospel song? Is that an old time gospel song? <laughs> but won't it be? It'll be glorious there. That's why we keep preaching that too. We just wait on the sweet by and by. And God can be in the midst of your issue right now. Boy, God brings peace to turbulence. Tommy, where are we going to start? Would you go back to 45? I, that's actually where it does the whole story starts. I'd like to start. You lost it when you read it. Uh, huh. See, uh, come on, church. So, somebody needs to amen that. We need Jesus again, too. Mark six forty five through fifty six. 
45 through 56. Pastor, are we going to sing a song? We might. He's got it. Mark 6.45. All right, now this is after Here, let me let's read through it then I'll come back and then I'll be back. Immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. Aren't you glad that sometimes God will just, he'll take the time, he'll tell you to go over here and I'm going to send these, I can't, I got to keep going. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land and he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. <laughs> I want to preach out of 53. Then he saw them straining. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Somebody probably need you need to circle 49, underline, just put an asterisk because I'm probably going to come back to that one. For they all saw him, might as well mark 52. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Hmm. Verse 53, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. Genesaret, Genesaret, you say it how you want to say it. I'll say came to the land of uh-huh. <laughs> the rabbis used to call this the garden of God. So that's maybe that's what we'll do. The rabbis used to say this was a garden of God because there was plenty there. there it was fruitful. It was. So they came to the garden of God. And anchored there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We can learn a lot there. I mean, what was in the garden of God for Adam and Eve? What did they experience in the garden? Boy, if we could just find ourselves anchoring in the garden of God. If we, if we could... If we could do away with everything else that we've gone through and everything else that's that's probably all up in our ears and our head and our hearts, and if we could just anchor in the garden of God for the moment. 
And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Boy. They ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces. And the marketplaces, these were those places where, um, remember, Jesus went to the, the lame man at the pool of Beth- <coughs> Beersheba. And he went there. The, these are, this is the place where they're talking about these marketplaces. These were open places to the public for everyone, oh dear God, for everyone to see. (laughs) Boy, you want to be healed? You want to get past some stuff? See, you've got to, sometimes in your pain and in your destruction, you've got to be willing to be laid out not, I'm not telling you that you have to be before God will fix you. But sometimes you're going to have to be laid out in front of people for everybody to see. You're going to have to be. Listen, God's looking for the glory, people. He's not looking for you to have the glory. He wants the glory. So the only way that he can get the glory is knowing that your jacked up self is out in front of everybody to see. Everybody knows who you are. And then they watch God do a wonder in your life. Let me finish. See, we're so tired. Well, I don't want everybody to know. Stop, man. See, the more that we'll know, the more we'll see the goodness of God. But pastor, do you think that God really wants my business on the street? Probably not. But you shouldn't have done what you've done to get your business started to begin with. Now that it's there. I'm I'm trying to love on you. In my own special way. (laughs) They ran through the whole surrounding area. Wherever he entered into village, cities, and country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him. (laughs) See, that... that, uh, This word begged here was the same was the same word that they used when Jesus came up on the man named Legion. When he begged that he would not send them. He said, don't send us out of the country. Don't send us out of the area. So they were begging for their life. The same words used here. But Pastor, you think we ought to be poppers and begging? I, listen, I'm, I hate having to put disclaimers and disclosures on everything for you. Sometimes 
you're going to have to get yourself in a place of humility. Whether, and if that brings you to a place of begging, you better get on your face and beg. You better stop trying to be holy and all tight-necked and everything, trying to be proper, making sure your nails are dead. Sometimes you got to let the snot and tears fly, baby girl. Sometimes, Dawn, it gets ugly, don't it, Lisa? Sometimes it gets ugly. Now, I would prefer that these times be when I'm in my office by myself. I'm not going to lie to you. But there's been times I've had to get ugly, and everybody can see me. Trying to make sure I ain't got nothing flowing down the mustache. And they begged him that they, now look, oh, okay, let me get through this because there's 53 through 56 is so full of stuff that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. As many as touched him. Okay, let's talk about the disciples first because I want you to understand something. The disciples just come off of a spiritual high. They had just experienced things with Jesus and it all happened like in a 24-hour time period. I, have you ever just left church sometime, you're so full that you, it's almost like you leave and you got slobber coming at you just, you're just so full and dumbfounded with everything that just hit you. You just, uh, this is the way I picture the disciples. They had just seen Jesus do all this stuff. They had just assisted Jesus in feeding 5,000 people on two fish and five loaves. Now, come on. If that wouldn't get you dumbfounded. What if 5,000 people come pulling up in this church and all we had? And we fed them and everybody ate and there was leftovers. I believe that would probably change your mind whether or not you would skip a Wednesday. Or skip. I'm in the master bedroom this morning. That's where I want to be. But here the disciples are. Man, they're at such a high. I mean, their worlds have been jacked up. Now they're on this boat. Mind you, Jesus spoke to them. Now you, you've got to understand. These are the people that are constantly around Jesus. Let me, let me break this down. Let me, let me put it to this point. See, me and my sister, we can talk to each other in a certain way. And we can say certain things. And you not knowing me and my sister, you may become offended. But me and my sister know. If you disagree with me this morning, I'm kicking you in the leg. But me and my sister know that the love is still here. 
she's not going to agree with everything I say or do. Most cases. I'm not going to agree with everything she says or does. Most cases. But with what little cases that we can, we love each other. So with us being with one another, we understand one another. Now the disciples have been with Jesus for a while. They should understand him when he, when he spoke, when he talked. Remember he told them to gather the 12 baskets or to gather what was left. And there was 12 baskets of bread. Boy, this... This caused me almost, I almost jumped up and run out in the foyer this morning and run some Jericho laps. He told each of the disciples to go gather what was remaining and they filled 12 baskets with bread. 12 disciples, 12 full baskets of bread and then he told them Meet him on the other side. Listen, you take it and you work it in your life how you want to. I'm telling you now that that was a symbolic thing that Jesus spoke into their life and said, no matter where you go, no matter the trouble that you face, no matter where you think that I'm not, you can take me with you because he was the bread of life. And here they are. In the midst of this storm. Come on. You, you would have been one of the twelve. Don't you put yourself up this morning. Not this morning because I believe the Holy Spirit will break you down this morning. They all saw him. And none recognized him. Oh, now wait. <laughs> oh, because I know I have seen him and not recognized him. Now, now, pastor, come on. Hang on a minute. I'm, I'm just telling you, you can get so caught up on your spiritual. Why, how do you think denominations are broken out? Because they sp experience God at a certain level or a different way that nobody else has experienced them in up to that point and now because nobody else agrees with them they break off and they do their own denom that's how denominations are formed okay and don't don't ask me how i know i'm just telling you this was a revelation from god one day with me and i just i'll take it to my grave but here they are, they experience God in, a, in a, a certain way. They're taking this bread, they don't even recognize the symbolic thing behind it. They don't, they don't understand that Jesus said, look, now you're going to go, but you're still taking me with you. They leave, they're on this spiritual high, they just seen God how he worked, feeding the 5,000, and the miracles before that, and the miracles... They've already seen all this, and now Jesus is going to show up differently. They've never seen Jesus. Oh, they've watched him turn water into wine. They've never seen him walk on water. See, they, oh, they desired to see more of the kingdom, but they just didn't 
have the full revelation of what he was talking about. And that's what caused them not to see him in the form in which he wanted to show himself. They didn't see him. Now, oh boy. This is how I had to eat it this morning, man. I was in dessert bowls with spoons and for, I, I was all over the place. They didn't see him. They didn't recognize him. But then the Bible says that he spoke to them. He talked to them. See, oh, here we go. Let me give you some more scripture. My sheep. See, oh, God, help me. Help me just put this in their laps. There's troubles in your life. And there's going to be times, oh, you're going to know, you're going to know what he said. You picked up the baskets and put them on the boat. They're with you. They're on the boat. And you know, but you can't see him. Can I tell you? Because he said, it is I. He, he, he didn't say, it's rabbi. He didn't say, it's Lord. He didn't say, it's your teacher. He didn't say, it was Jesus. He said, it is I. I have to believe that it was God at that moment that referred back to the Old Testament times. Where he said, I am. If you want to experience God at a different level, sometimes you're going to have to shake off your past experience. I wish I had my visine. I've been waking up for the past week, two weeks now, is it? No, it's been one, has it been two weeks? It's been two weeks. See what happens when you don't let it just affect you? Time can go by. But for the last two weeks, I've been waking up, man, and everything's cloudy, Linda. I open my eyes, and I mean, when I go to walk, I've got to go to bed with my eye drops sitting beside my nightstand so that I can poke at my eye. Because if y'all know my wife, she'll change the furniture on you. And at 2 o'clock in the morning... You better hope you see him what you think you see him. So I, <laughs> yeah, I let the vision clear up first, Dennis. But I've been waking up and I can't see. It's just cloudy. I was like, man. But I can't let what I experienced five seconds ago to deter me the rest of the day. Because see, if I take and use the right stuff, my vision gets clear. Oh, if you'll allow God to speak to you, you'll see him differently. You've got to stop, man. God's not always going to show up. 
as a burning bush. He may show up as leprosy. He may show up as healed. He may show up like a serpent. He may show up like a stick. See, y'all ain't. It's a wonder Moses' mind didn't go boom when he met Jesus at the burning bush. It's a wonder that dude didn't get wrecked the rest of his life. I don't, I think I, it ain't no wonder that he said, God, I, I don't have good speech. Because he was going, day, 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 day. I mean, I would have. Man, if any of you ever had God just, sh- I'm, look, don't, I'm talking about God walk in your room and wake you. I'm talking about you, you experience God one time in your life that it flat shook you. I mean, it shook you. It wasn't one of these little things where a headache went away. I'm talking about God walked into your life and he done something. If it doesn't dumbfound you, when God gets into your life and changes something, you ain't met him. Either that or you too arrogant to give him the glory. Oh man, because I worked hard. I got you ain't got nothing. All right, anyway. Where was I at? There's so much in here. I I really wish that I could put all this stuff like in an order and give you a nice little proper sermon that ain't happening this morning. I want to give you all the meat and potatoes. (laughs) I wrote this down. I said, sometimes the people closest to Jesus miss him. (laughs) Sometimes the people closest to Jesus miss him. This is why I tell you that familiarity is not your friend. Miss Linda, you can't live on past victories more than you live in the expectation of the newness to come. Not that you can't, you shouldn't. Because what God wants to show you tomorrow may be 30, 60, 100 fold better than what he showed you yesterday. But if you're living in yesterday, you may not see that tomorrow. Are you with me? Are you following me this morning? Look, I'm tell- I got full this morning. Because I want God differently in my life this year. I just want to be crazy enough this year to believe that I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's where I want to be. I want want to be, Charlie, I want to be crazy enough to believe that even after four days of somebody being dead, 
Charlie, this, you, you want to you wreck Roanoke? You want to wreck Roanoke? You, you want to get the funeral homes mad at you? In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Boy, the funeral homes, get they'll bar you. You won't be able to go back. I mean, do, do you not, I mean, listen, no, no, no. I heard, it's not, it's not just all about that. Because the miracles that Jesus performed wasn't for the disciples that he was with all the time alone, but he was, it was for those that didn't know him on the level that the disciples knew him as, but he wanted to show them the goodness of God because it says that the goodness of God will draw them. Man, you, you should want to talk to somebody while you're eating at Bojangles and meet some... How flighty of a day was that? We're going to South Carolina. I don't want to talk about church. We just left church. End up in Rocky Mountain. Don't ever go there. We ended up in Rocky Mount talking to people about Jesus while we was eating Bojangles and they were sitting there and they were testifying. Listen, let me tell you something. God will put things in your life to give you an opportunity to see him in a way that you've not recognized him. But see, it's going to be, it's going to be that opportunity that he gives you to not recognize him in that certain circumstance, and in the same situation, there's going to be others that haven't followed along. But see, oh, they because they heard that, thank you, Holy Spirit, that's why they recognized him. They said immediately when they got off the boat, immediately they started running, telling everybody, Jesus is here. They immediately recognized. Why? Because they had heard. What did they hear? They had heard the word. They had heard about that woman that had the issue of blood that run up and said, but if I touch but the hem of his garment, that is what they were doing. They were crying out, if I can only touch the hem of your garment because I know that you've done it for her, you'll do it for me. But see, we can't get hung up there. We can't always go after Jesus the way somebody else went after Jesus because there's going to come a point in time it's when our faith begins to stir. And that's the moment when God wants to put us out all up in everybody else's business so that he can reach down into your life and change something so that someone that is watching and someone that is peering through the gates and the windows will see a change. Great, day in the morning. That's the way I feel. Sometimes I get a little overexcited. Because I know where I was. You don't believe that Jesus stuff, do you, Rocky? Oh, of course I do. Now, if you don't, that's your problem. You take that up with him. You can't tell me what I've gone through. You can't tell me where I am that I deserve where I need where I am. I don't deserve it. Right. 
immediately they see him. Why? Because their faith was stirred. There was an expectation in their spirit. They said, my God, if this is him, I want to touch the garment. And they were so excited. Uh-oh. Come on, Christian. They were so excited, they went and got all their friends and family, too, that needed the healing and brought them. Come on, Christian. And brought them to the place so that they, too. See, you, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a whole lot. There was something about defiled hands, dirty hands, touching priests, dead things, touching priests. No, 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 no. You couldn't do that. Because the religious folk, uh-oh. I'm going to get back here. Maybe I can keep from getting hit with something. The religious folk in church... They go look at you crazy because you just heard something from the Spirit and the Spirit said, I want you to dance. <laughs> and you said, Mm-mm. if you'll dance, I'll hear you. And you're sitting there because the religious folk, we don't believe in that in here. Let me tell you something. Don't let people bound you if God says shout just shout if it gets too loud if your shout gets too loud I'll just say hey put this around it And we'll just keep on going. Don't stop her from shouting. But we won't get out of our norm. The disciples were in their norm. They knew Jesus. They had experienced Jesus in a way. And these people across the ocean, they heard. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word. See, even even sometimes in our highest moments, and it's okay to be on the mountaintops in your spiritual moments. It's a good place to be, and I encourage you to enjoy every moment that you're able to get there and rejoice. But be careful while you're on the mountaintop, that you don't step off a cliff. There might be a little sign right there at the end. Lenore, that says, do not go any further. Bridge out. Don't be, don't be so. <laughs> there might be a purpose behind that bridge out sign. It might mean there ain't no bridge. Don't go running. We got to be careful to make sure that we're looking for Jesus. Yeah. 
He may not be the same that he was yesterday when he comes to you. That's why I, that's why I caution you a lot. Don't you dare look at somebody and say, that's not God when you are labeling your decision based on your experience. Now, if it's not agreeing to your spirit, you just pray about it. If they need rebuke, rebuke them. Right, Charlie? You, if you need a re, it's coming because you know I'm going to bring it. If you need rebuke, I'm going I'm to rebuke you if you need rebuke. But trust me, this is, this is how it's coming. It's not coming based on my experience. Because, see, I, I, I want Jesus differently tomorrow than I had him yesterday. So I'm not going to say, well, that's not God. We're going to look, see if it lines up, see if the spirits line up, see if the word lines up. And if it don't, then I'm going to go, I just wanted to do something. I just might. Paul said women be silent in the church. <laughs> Woo! And see, you got to be careful with you. That's a Wednesday night thing. That's, that's a Wednesday night thing. How often we quote scripture out of context. That's what Christians do most. That's, what, that's almost what Christians do best. Because we'll use a portion of scripture. <laughs> Can I tell you that quoting portions of scripture bring you a false sense of security and hope? Look, I mean, it's okay to desire hope and want hope from God's word. And I promise you it's in there. But do not grab scripture out of context so that it makes you happy. Let me, can I just, can I do a Wednesday for five minutes? Let me do Wednesday for five minutes. Because what's going to happen when you quote that scripture in part and not in the full context of, what happens is, you give yourself a false sense of hope. And what I mean by that is, you're hoping that what that scripture said, that God will not put on you more than you can bear, you're hoping that that scripture, okay, is what God has spoke over your life, and that's how you are perceiving that scripture. And when you get more on your life than you can bear, now the enemy comes in. Says, good morning, I thought... I thought Jesus said, we're going to put on you more than you can handle. And you've quoted it that way for so long, and you've believed it that much that your lie has now become the truth. Because that's what you're believing. And when it doesn't happen, you begin to go, well, God, maybe, maybe this ain't. Now you begin to doubt him a little bit here. So it becomes easier to doubt him again tomorrow in another place. And again, come on church. Listen, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you'll doubt your way out of heaven. They ain't but... <laughs> mm -hmm. 
they wanted to touch the hem of his garment. If they said we can just but touch the hem. How many of you know, how many of you are grown enough to know that it wasn't the touch of the hem that healed them? It wasn't the touch. It was the grace that was afforded to their faith. It's God's loving response to our faith. Which really, come on, you can't. My head's exploding. Faith is the access to kingdom. And if you don't access the kingdom by faith, the Bible actually says that you are a robber. Because he says if you don't come through the sun, right? Well, you've got to believe in the sun before you can get to heaven. That's another Wednesday night. But you, listen, you've got to have faith. It's not, it's not that going to church and coming to the altar, Miss Linda, that's not what's getting you saved. What's getting you saved is the faith in which you have inside And it's the gracious response, because you're saved by faith through grace. It's the gracious response to your faith. It's God going, you believe me enough here. See, sometimes there are, there are, there are things, man, I'm probably going to just eat into your lunch today because I'm full. There are things in your life that will that will sometimes put a demand on an outward expression of an internal belief. I'll take you to Scripture, and then I'm going to explain a little bit. What is baptism? Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is an expression of an inward. It is just telling everybody else that can see it. That you have been saved by grace. You have been buried and died of self. And now you a new man. There's going to be times in your life that there is going to, there might be a requirement. I can't tell you how God will and won't. I'm just telling you there might be a requirement that the Holy Spirit says this is what I want you to do. And it's out of your response, out of your obedience to the to the call or to the demand that your faith becomes activated because faith is the evidence. <laughs> faith is the evidence of things hoped for. You hope that it's Jesus, so you act in it. Hope's the desire, faith is the action. We hope in God. Now we do because of that hope. We hope there's a God listening, so we pray in that hope. Y'all with me? We, we, we must be careful. 
and how we perceive God every moment. Because if you're not careful, he might just pass you by. Anybody here want to be passed by? No, I don't mind you coming by. (laughs) Just don't want you to pass by. Man, the things that I fight while I preach. You know what I've got? You know what I got in my head right now? What what just I mean, right in the middle of that, you know what hits me in my head? Garage door. Because my garage door broke. You know the noise that we heard the other night? It was the garage door spring. Boom! Now I can't open up the garage. I can't go ride my motorcycle. Well, we go rebuke the enemy right now. We're two or three. Lay hands on any one thing in agreement. See, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand how complicated this is. Sometimes every little shift or every little move or every little thought or every it distract, and I go boom. That's some. I go whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I got to grab the horses and. I just thought I'd share that with you. Might help some of you. Yeah, their hearts were hardened. It, it, their hearts weren't hardened because they had disbelief. That, that had nothing to do with it. Their hearts weren't hardened because they denied Christ. Their hearts weren't hardened because they... De- the hearts being hardened was they just didn't have the full revelation of what God expressed to them before he told them to go to the other side. They took the baskets. They knew they had him. If they could have only realized. I wonder how many times they heard that he was the bread of life. I wonder how many times they heard that in his sermons. Because he was an evangelist too. He was all over the place. And I'm sure, see, some pastors, they can preach the same sermon. That's why it sounds so good sometimes. Because they preached it a thousand times. And they finally got it all fine-tuned where it sounds so pretty. And I get mad because it sounds so pretty. I said, man, how do they do that? And then I run across something else. He's preached that before. (laughs) It was at a different church. Thank you. I dropped off when we were talking about the people wanting to touch the hem of his garment. And then I went and explained it to you why. And then it got to faith, and then we, well, let's come back to that. Because they weren't allowed, they weren't supposed to go and do that and just touch a rabbi or touch a priest. Sometimes God will call you into a place to where you've got to be willing to stretch beyond the boundary that the religion has set. I wonder how many people didn't get healed that day because they didn't touch. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't talk about it, but I wonder. That's just my thought process. I wonder how many that had been browbeaten by the Pharisees and the Sadducees for so long that they were so imperfect and They couldn't do this and they couldn't do that. And they put so many laws on them that it caused them to restrict into their religion. And they did not want to reach out because they thought if they would have reached out, 
then it would have surpassed the laws and the boundaries and they wouldn't have gotten what they were, what they were there for. But Pastor, don't you think that they would have reached out if they would have seen others? I don't know. Let's talk about that for a minute. I wonder why you don't do what other people do even when you see their breakthroughs. Come on, let's take them there. Let, let's take them there. I wonder why their marriages and their relationship are having a hard time. And they have something modeled before them. I mean, we don't like it every day either. <laughs> now, let's tell them the truth. Because they need it. We don't like it every day either. But we still determined. We might not do it perfectly either. You don't, I do. But we, we might not do it perfectly, <laughs> Hannah. When that knight in shining armor comes your way. He may not tell you he loves you the way that you want him to tell you that he loves you that day. Because you've upset him. But he still broke through and said, I love you. And he walks off. And you're going, well, that didn't sound like you loved. Come on. <laughs> Come on, husbands, wives. Talk to me for a minute. That I get this. That wasn't a kiss. It was the best kiss at the time that I could drum up. Receive it. Bless me. Let me go. Chase you down through the door. No, you're going to kiss me. Now, now I pretend... And then I go to work. And in my heart, the second kiss, Lenore wasn't any different than the first one. It just made her feel as though, come on, church. May y'all stop leaving me out here to talk to me. Stop leaving me out here. Why do we go to marriage? That ain't what I'm preaching. Let's see if I got anything else for you before I just say I'm done. Y'all okay? Yeah, because I'm going to have to assume that there were some that didn't touch. Because it, the scripture does say, and as many as touched him. So that leads me to believe that there were some that didn't. But the ones that did received their healing. Are you, are you willing to reach out beyond? Are you willing to say that you love her even though right now, deep down inside, don't, don't smile, don't look her down, don't just stay right here and it, it, she'll never know. But we have to be willing to say we love them even at that moment when we feel as though we don't.
okay? Because you can hope that she understands and knows that. But until she sees the faith, Man, I don't know where God was trying to take you this morning, but I got full on a lot of that this morning before I even broke out. But And Tommy, I don't have a title. I know you want one. Somebody give Tommy a title. By Facebook, by YouTube. Somebody give Tommy a title. Did anybody listen this morning? I'm looking for a title, and I don't have one for you. You might have to wait. What's the title? When it doesn't look like what I see? I don't know. That's too long of a title. I don't do long ones. I don't do long titles. I do short ones. That's not it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to sit down a minute. Y'all been sitting the whole time. I'll make you feel uncomfortable. I'll just sit here in silence. Um, I don't know how to end that. That was just... <laughs> 